Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. G'day everyone, welcome to Profitable Farmer. Um, There's more rain around in lots of areas. I hope this season's playing out favourably for you as we get well and truly into sowing. I asked about 100 farmers the other day um, who here runs to a diary and has sort of meaningful time management practices in place as they go about what they do on their farms. And well under 50% of farmers raise their hands. And so I often hear it as we speak to farmers in our travels that time management and time is one of their greatest challenges, that they're pressed for time. They don't have time to achieve so much. Yet what I find interesting is that well under 50% of 100 farmers actually have any means by which to take control of their time and professionally and proactively managed their time. And so for me, and we'll speak to this as we get into this, time is our greatest asset. And so having a practice and having some disciplines on how as an individual and as a team, we manage time is just so important. And so to focus in and around this topic, I've got two incredible people joining me today. It's great to welcome Sam Johnson, our general manager, and Michaela, our um, business manager for at Farm Owners Academy to Profitable Farmer. Sam, welcome. Thanks, Hutch, and welcome, everyone. It's great to be here again. So, um, Sam, what's your... I'll introduce you shortly, but what's your take on this as you speak to farmers? Do you find that this is something, a skill that they have, or is it a skill that perhaps they haven't learned? I think it was um, it was the same, you know, I, I graduated uni and as a, a structural engineer by training, and I think um, one of the key things you learn in the first three or four years uh, as a struct- consulting structural engineer is the thing they call consulting practice. And a big part of that was around time management. You learn nothing about this at school and nothing about this at uni. It's, it is a, a learned skill and it's a business skill. Absolutely, Sam. If we look at your previous role before joining Farm Owners Academy, you were a shareholder at Oricon, a major design engineer and advisory consulting firm. Um, you had a team of over 65 as direct reports to you and managed responsible for for sort of $15 million in fees and a whole host of major projects. How important is time management um, and having consistent and aligned time management practices when you're managing a team of that size? It was was critical for me, Hutch. Um, I would have some days where I would have uh, meeting back-to-back for eight hours. So if I wasn't in control of my diary or in control of my week and I wasn't scheduling in the important things first, they'd just get filled up with other people's priorities. So it was just um, super critical for me to be thinking about what were the key things that needed to be done and planning in advance um, time for those things to occur and also planning in time for me to be able to have space to think and um, do the other things that you need to do as a business leader, which is uh, deal with things as they emerge or as they arise. 
Thanks, Sam. Michaela, it's wonderful to have you front and centre on Profitable Farmer, having supported this podcast and the Farm Owner Academy project for so long. It's just wonderful having you here. What's your comment on um, the importance of having good time management practice, even in your role with farm owners now? Thanks, Hodge. Um, yeah, I usually prefer being behind the scenes, that's for sure, and being that organisational role. But um Having a schedule and knowing what's coming up, what's on today, tomorrow, next week, the whole year is, yeah, as Sam said, it's crucial to be able to make sure that you're meeting goals, um, you're having a great work-life work balance and fitting everything in that you need to. If you don't have those things, um, you end up being really reactive rather than proactive in what you're doing. So, yeah, it's, it's critical. Thanks, Michaela. Like Sam, Michaela's got a really interesting background um, prior to joining Farm Owners Academy, she was the EA to the deputy deputy principal at one of the major private schools in Sydney. And before that, um, had a support role in a major HR consulting practice as well. So these professional disciplines that I think Sam and Michaela have both learned in their professional vocations, I think can be really important as we go about creating professional disciplines in our farm businesses. So Michaela, to kick off, how would life be for you in your role if you didn't have a diary or a calendar? Yeah, wow. I think I'm so used to relying on a diary, a calendar and a to-do list that I can't really imagine my life now without one. But if I had to, I think I'd be turning up each morning and I'd basically just be um, guessing what I'm doing, perhaps focusing on the wrong tasks and never really uh, following anything to completion. Um, so I think it would be really unproductive for me not to have something like that. Thanks, Michaela. I think it's so interesting. If we think about those 100 farm business owners that I asked that question of the other day, I'm going to say, yeah, probably 35% of them had a diary. It just absolutely... Um, fascinates me if we think about the 65 that don't I think to your point Michaela they may well have it all in their head mm. you're trying to manage all aspects of their business um yeah without any real structure or really robust plan um Sam what would you say to farmers at the moment that might not have a diary or be operating to a consistent and robust time management method well, I think it's um it's proven hutch that you know what gets scheduled gets done. So I think if you can can um you know spend some time at the start of each week thinking about what are the important things to do this week, it helps you not just get busy doing the unimportant things. And um because sometimes they're the most obvious or the most immediate things that pop up in front of you. Um and it's it's easy to just get sucked into the rabbit hole of of dealing with all these little tasks that don't actually take you forward or don't actually add a great deal of value um, but just consume a heap of time so yeah if you if you can just take a little bit of time at the start of each week to think about what are, what's my intention for the week and what are those those important tasks that I need to get done and make space for them first um, then the rest of it can happen around that and you know that you've you've you know cracked through a few key things I both Sam and Michaela are quite incredible in how they do run their diaries each other and the whole team um, in making sure we're all set up to be effective 
and have a work to to-do list that are well prioritized and well thought out in advance. Sam, what is your time management practice? Um, if we can sort of speak to you know, how you work with your diary, um, how you work with your emails, and then how you um, work to and structure and work through a to-do list. Would you mind speaking across those? And then I might throw that same question to you, Michaela, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I think the so a, a few things, Hutch, and I, drawing me in further here if, if I um, don't explain these properly, but uh, starts for me with making sure that I've got a plan for the quarter. So what are the things that I want to achieve or that the business needs to achieve in the quarter um, and making sure that there's some good strategic goals there that we're looking to, to crack off and that I've broken those down into chunks and I'm clear on who in the team is going to be doing what. Um, so that happens at the start of each quarter. And then I spend about half an hour each week planning my week, either on a um, Monday morning or on a Sunday evening, depends um, what I've got on, but I tend to like to do it on a Monday morning, get into work a little bit early and just spend half an hour setting my week up over a coffee. Um, and then I spend 10 minutes each day planning my day. So once I've got my weekly plan together, I'm, I'm looking at my um, planning my day and I run a diary in Google Calendar. It's a free, free calendar you can set up. You can get an app on your phone. It's really helpful. You can put reminders in there. I just block out time for the key priorities that I've got and any other meetings that I've got in there are scheduled in. Um, a key thing for me is a weekly meeting with my team to help sure help make sure that they're clear on what the priorities are for the business and that um, you know I'm helping them prioritize their tasks as well. So, you know, often they've got competing priorities. And one of the key things you can do as a leader is help them think about what are the most important things for them. And then basically, Hutch, I, I work on just focusing on one thing at a time. Um, I, I avoid emails as much as I can. So I'll put some time in my diary to deal with emails and I'll sit down and I'll work through those emails with a view to complete um, whatever's in there. And uh, if it's going to take me more than sort of five minutes to resolve, then I'll schedule it in later on to deal with. Um, otherwise, once again, you just get sucked into this wormhole of dealing with email issues. Um, and then, yeah, so, and then just stay focused on a task until, until you complete it. So Sam, you allocate a set amount of time in your diary for emails, um, with a view just to look at an email once and then not look at it again. I think a lot of people look at an email and then let it go and I'll come back to that next week or I'll come back to that this afternoon or tomorrow. Um, I know that's a discipline of yours that you look at something once and get it done. So how disciplined are you around those two things, only looking at emails at set times and only looking at emails once? Um, it ebbs and flows, but I'd say the practice I hold, try and hold myself to is that I clear out my inbox. So it's um, I've looked at it, I've dealt with it, and it's archived out of it so I don't just have all these open emails sitting in my inbox um mm -hmm. so that's that's the habit that I work towards and um you know there's the odd email that might take me a bit longer to kind of work a response through that I might look at a few times Hutch but generally I try and um you know deal with it at the time not um you know not have it sitting there lingering open just make the decision and move on so what is it what is a zero email 
policy? Is that at the end of every day, there's no emails in your intro? Is that the goal? I work to the end of the week. I just like to have the week squared out. But um, yeah, at the, at the start of each, at each day, I like to not have, or at the end of each day, I like not to have things unresolved. Great. We might come back to to-do lists, but Michaela, I might throw to you, how do you manage your diary? And you also support both Sam and I in how we manage ours. How do you do diary management and how do you um, work with your email system? Yeah, um, I might just um, start with the email side of it because it kind of relates to what Sam's speaking about. But um, in one of the courses I've previously done, um, I learned a really great technique and it builds on what Sam was talking about, the zero emails in the inbox, but it's the four Ds of email management. So it's delete, delegate, do or defer. And I found that really helpful when I'm going through an email. So if you see the email come up and it's something that you can automatically delete, then I delete it. Um, otherwise, if you can quickly read it and, you know, archive it or file it. Otherwise, the other thing I think is if you see something that's come up and it's, you know, something that you consistently delete, uh, like a subscription, I just automatically unsubscribe as well. Like if that's clogging your inbox, that's that's the delete kind of section of it. Delegate is something that if you think this isn't, you know, something that I can do or somebody else can do this better, can you forward it on to somebody and see if there's anybody better to do it? Um, do is something that's nice and easy. So under two minutes, you could literally do now while you're checking your emails in that hour block that you've allocated yourself. Um, and then once you've done it, file away, archive or whatever you want to do to manage that. So clear it out of the inbox again. Um, and the last one is defer. So if it's something that's, you know, an important task or is going to take a while to do or um, you, you can't delegate it, only you can do it, then um, that's something that you need to then put into a folder and for doing later or otherwise put some time into your calendar and say, listen, I'm going to do this task tomorrow at 9am or whatever it might be. So when you say defer, make sure that you've scheduled it before you remove it from your inbox or file it away to somewhere else so that you know that even though you've moved it out, you've covered when you're going to complete it. And do you have that same zero email policy? Is that your approach? And are you pretty thorough around how you file emails away to get them out of your intro? Yeah, I my zero inbox policy is a little bit different because I think um, when you deal with the front of house stuff, a lot of different things come in. So um, it's a bit easier when you're just dealing with your own personal inbox, when you're dealing with kind of um, customer service inquiries, it's a little bit different. But um, generally that's the policy I try to follow. Like if I've got lots of things in the inbox, um, it actually stresses me out because I think I've got so many things to do. But when you've dealt with that in a in a sufficient manner and you've filed it all the way, you kind of feel on top of it. So the zero in, in, inbox is probably something that I aim to achieve by the end of the week as well so that you kind of go into the, the weekend thinking that there's nothing too urgent to, to do that's sitting there. But I have to say, Hutch, it's achievable for me to do that in my role now. It wasn't achievable to do that when I was running my large team. Like there's volume of emails I got. I, I wouldn't actually read all my emails. My executive assistant would help me because it was just it was just incredible. So it would have been I would have spent half my week responding to emails. Yeah. What about diary management for you and your your practice there, Michaela? So diary management, I think um, for me, it's 
I do both a personal diary and a work diary. So for me, it's always scheduling in those big non-negotiable things first. Like if I've got a holiday or we've got an event on or something like that, it's always putting those big things in first that are going to um, take full days and things like that. Um, and as Tracy mentioned, it's also, also putting things in that are going to like fill your cup. So personal things as well to make sure that you have those days and times blocked out to yourself where you need to have that. Um, and then other than that, it's just looking ahead and planning when you're going to do things. So similar to Sam, I would always kind of plan my week on a Monday morning or maybe a Friday afternoon while I'm at work, what I what I need to do for the next week, um, a list of what things need to be done. And then I chunk that down. I'm sure we're probably going to get to the task list soon, but um, what I need to do in terms of the biggest tasks and other things that need to go with that as well. But yeah, Calendar is an interesting one. Like I think you've also got to be careful like when you're putting in meetings to have, you know, that time to yourself to prepare before that, if you're going to travel somewhere to add that time to travel, um, yeah, how you can best optimise your diary and, and what you're doing. Great point. If people have an appointment um, that involves someone else, they tend to put that into their diary if they have one. Um, but what we don't often do is schedule the things that are important for us. Um, meetings with ourselves and so just to share what I do I've got two diaries like you one for farm self and family mm. and so all the key farm events that we need to schedule um, be it sowing drenching harvesting um, if I know a fencing contractor's coming that goes in um, in a certain color next to family holidays tennis golf date night, all those things, or go into personal self and family. And I can now, I've got my Farm Owner Academy diary. And if I'm looking to make an appointment with someone or schedule a trip or whatever, I can turn that diary on and make sure that business doesn't clash with family. Mm. But to your point, when Jane and I sit down to design our diary at the start of the year, to your point, Michaela, um, holidays go in first, um, courses, our FOA events, all the rocks go in first. Um, Jane's sporting activities, any of the kids' events that we know, school holidays, our holidays, all those things go in first and we colour code them. And then um, we go to the FOA diary and with you and Sam and our team, we set down the key dates for our operating rhythm for the business. And we've just got to spend time making sure that there aren't any clashes around that. When I think about farmers, most of them don't have time for planning or can't find time to get their family together for that two hour succession meeting or whatever it is. I just want to encourage those listening. Um, Google Mail is something Sam mentioned. I think that's what we operate to. Um, Generally across our business, there's Outlook. There's so many online calendar systems that you can call on. But just think about the construct of sitting down at the start of the year and putting the key important priorities that you need to make non-negotiable in your diary. So annual planning meetings, the quarterly meetings that Sam mentioned, the monthly family meetings, finance meetings, holidays, so important to get those in. And then to also have maybe as a separate calendar, the operating dates 
that are going to be critical to running the farm, you know, joining, landmarking, shearing, sowing, and get those important things in. What we've started doing now that we've got those in is we're sharing the operating calendar with our team, our on-farm team, so that they can turn that on and off and at a glance on their iPhone, know what's coming up in advance for the farm. I just think um, I'll take my hat off to, there are some individuals in our Platinum Mastermind group at Farm Owners Academy that do this really well. I caught up with Roger Knight recently and he has sort of put all the key dates for their farm into a Google calendar and done exactly that, all the key events and activities for their families. And it's all color-coded and set up. And speaking to Roger, he just has so much control of his business and the, um, the key milestones that he needs to hit in that business. And his whole family and their whole team are on board with that and can access that at a glance. Now, that compared to someone who doesn't have any of that and is just winging it and perhaps operating in chaos, I just think they're chalk and cheese. And so for those listening, which are you? And would it pay to stop and take time to lock in a farm and personal calendar that um, can be set up in advance so that you get to make the main thing the main thing? Sam, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, it's, I'd say it's easy. It's easy to get busy, and it's easy to carry this mindset around of I'm too busy, and I'm you know I'm busy. But the question you got to ask yourself is busy doing what? And the planning process really is just helping you think about what are those priorities. And there's you know some jobs that you need to do better than you've ever done before. There's some jobs that just need to get done, and then there's other stuff that just doesn't need to happen at all. So spending some time thinking about that at, um, is is key to kind of getting your time back and it's the, the first step I'd say Hutch mm. yep Michaela we were chatting the other day about this but you know when we're at school you think guys everyone think about the school that you went to there might have been 400 kids or a thousand kids at your high school imagine that school without a school timetable where all the kids just got to do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted two things would happen nothing would get done and they would be all operating in complete chaos. Yet that school puts in a well-thought-out school timetable and complete control comes into order straight away as a result of all of the kids and all of the teachers, the admin support team, everyone operating to one consolidated timetable. Michaela, isn't it interesting that as soon as we leave high school, the first thing that we throw out is our timetable or our diary. Yeah, I think there must be some people that definitely um, leave school and just want to leave everything about school behind, including the diary. But I think, um, as Sam said before, you know, once you leave school, there's not a lot of people reinforcing um, how great it is to have a diary um, through university or into your um, career. So it is one of those things when you think back to how um, structured you were when you're at school and you had a timetable and a diary and things like that. Um, it's interesting. Absolutely. So getting that shared, that timetable in place is so important. And as Sam and Michaela have both alluded to, if you're sitting down on a Friday night or a Sunday night or a Monday morning and planning your week, it's really important that you are putting and scheduling in time for yourself time for your family, 
and the meetings and the appointments that you need. Um, it's so easy to forget to prioritise the time for self, the time to think, the time to analyse, um, the time to meditate, the time for fitness, all those key things that are going to help you be on your A game. Um, and then what I see so many people do, and I'll get you to speak to this, Sam, is that they let the diet, they let their um, their realities unfold, and their life is dictated by the activity, not the clock. So um, we, or I always talk to my clients about running their diary by the clock, not by the activity. So if you put two hours in your diary, that the task just has to get done in that time, and you don't let it run into the third or the fourth or the fifth hour. I think um, if you give anyone all day to get something done, they'll probably take all day to do it, where if they actually stopped and thought about it, they probably could get it done in three hours. How important is it to lock out time, as you mentioned, Sam, for emails, and irrespective of how far through your emails you are by the time the o'clock comes up, that you stay true and disciplined to that time allocation and turn off your emails and get on with the next activity rather than letting it take two or three hours to get through, you know, the task like like emailing. Yeah, it's, it's really critical. I think one of the things we taught a, long, a little while ago, which I've um, stuck with for a long time, is that, you know, one hour of inspired work will beat six hours of uninspired work. So if you're in the right state of mind and you approach it with the framework that I'm going to complete this in the time that I've allocated uh, and you just put all your focus and energy on that, rather than getting distracted with other things, you're going to get a whole heap more done um, and you can go and spend five hours doing something else. So I think that's the kind of reward I try to give myself. If I can turn up in the right state and I'm, I'm being effective, I'm better off to be in the right state and be effective, otherwise go and do something else, get myself back in the right state and then come back and hit it rather than just letting it drag on and on. Yeah, that's perfect. Absolutely. So, guys, turning our attention to to-do lists, I know you're both avid to-do list um, writers and that you run your lives around an online shared to-do list. Michaela, would you mind speaking to how you do this and how you use that to make sure that you're in control of all the things that are in your reality at any time? Yeah, sure. So I actually run um, a to-do list from OneNote, which is uh, a Microsoft tool. And OneNote is um, similar to what you can imagine a folder to be. So you can have, you know, your main folder that says work and you can have a subfolder that says or a different folder that says personal. And in that you can think of each tab as uh, a new page. So I've got to-do list and then I've got completed and I've got a few other main things to focus on as well. But in my to-do list, I generally have them structured in the urgent and important, you know, important, not urgent and other tasks um, that are in that kind of, would be nice to complete but not urgent space. Um, and at the start of the week, what I do is I think about what I want to get done for the week. Um, and in my daily plan, I focus on kind of one big thing that I almost want to chunk out. Um, and I spend the first 90 minutes or so of my day just focused on that task. Um, and then I try and get a few other things completed as well. But I think the key for me is not to add too many things to your to-do list each day. When you see a, a whole you know, mountain of things. Basically, I keep my my big to-do list so I don't see it and I just have my daily, what I need to get done for the day on there because it's so easy to get distracted in all of the other little things that you need to do 
Um, when you've got seven things or something on your to-do list just for the day, it's so easy to get those ticked off. Um, and I do actually keep a, a separate um, tab in my OneNote for completed tasks so that when I review the week at the end of the week, I can actually see how many things I've achieved. Sometimes it's you forget what you've done in a week and it's really nice to sometimes just go on back and see everything that you've actually um, managed to accomplish. Perfect. Sam, do you use the same system or are there other systems that you're aware of that could support our farmers? Use a similar process but a different system. So um, I use the notes function in the Apple, in your Apple phone, which is also shared on my computer. So I've got it on my computer or my phone. I just I like that if I can just pick my phone up and it's on there. When I have a thought somewhere, I can add something to it. So similar to Michaela, I have a big list of sort of bricks and things that are just banging around in my head that need to go somewhere so they're not taking up space um, and then part of that weekly planning process is putting in the rocks out of the, the strategic priorities but also picking up what of those smaller tasks need to get done each time um, and I and I have sort of default tasks that sit in on various days like team meetings and those sorts of things that happen at the same time each week and you know to look at the financials and look at the scorecard and those sorts of things for the business they're all scheduled in have my weekly meeting with Michaela I run a list that I put things into for her and I try not to um, hassle Michaela with things outside of that during the week and if it can wait until we're going to catch up for our weekly meeting I just put it on that list and then we go through it then um, so similarly rather than um, just delegating it when it comes into your mind thinking about how you can help others in your team sort of maintain their focus on their priorities. Yeah, it's so interesting, Sam, because it's so easy that it's because it's important for me and it's front for me now that I need to interrupt someone else so that I can get this done. I think that's the point of meetings, isn't it, is to hold back um, questions, tasks, requests of people and not give it to them in real time, but hold it back and give it to them in the appropriate time. Yeah, I think if it's not urgent, like if it's something that can wait and it's not a priority that you're all working on, then let it wait and yep. um, create the space to deal with those things when you're all together. And how do you prioritise, Sam, um, between the really important big ticket items that you need to get across, be it a director's report or a quarterly planning meeting and preparing for that versus a small task that isn't as important? How do you prioritise um, practically each day or each week? It's a really good question, Hutch. I think it's something, this is the thing that I find I'm working at the most. Like it's, the, this is the, the, the key I feel to time management. It's not time management per se, it's about priority management. And, um, you know, you're always improving at it. I just I just think you're never going to nail it. It's something you're always working on. So um, it's, it's really, for me, about looking a couple of weeks ahead and, um, thinking about the things that are coming up and and looking at having them completed in advance. I think if you're always operating right up to the deadline on everything, it's really hard to remain strategic. You just you're always fighting fires on multiple angles. Like you've got a plan that things are going to come up that you can't plan for. Like you might get sick for, for a week, for example, just had COVID. So you know you get those sorts of things come up. If you're always operating right to the minute, then you know, all of a sudden everything's a crisis. So um, I think that's the key, Hutch, is, is looking at having those strategic priorities being completed in advance, not sort of up to a deadline that's the drop-dead date. 
Kayla, how do you prioritize across those multiple tasks that are on your to-do list? Yeah, similar to what Sam said, I think it's definitely if if you've got things in the next two weeks that are coming up and need to be done by a certain date um, and that's a non-negotiable, that the deadline's going to happen regardless of, of what you say or do, those things need to definitely be prioritised. If you've got um, other things, as I said, I used that method before where, you, you know, the four quadrant model, model where you, where you um, break things down. I even have, I love colour coding, so I actually have like, things that are, I think are urgent and important are like in a red background, things that I think are not so urgent are orange and things that I think can wait are green. Um, so that's how I generally prioritise what needs to be done um, as in like what needs to be done today, what can wait till next week, what can be done in a month's time or something like that. Um, I'm a big fan of doing it like that. Yeah, before I got into notes like you, Sam, I had an Excel spreadsheet and I had four priorities. A was had to be done this week. B was can be done next week. Mm. C was had to be done sometime this month. And D was defer or delegate. And if it would, I would just race down my A list and make it AA. And it would then sort of bounce to the top. And then I would take those items and schedule them into my diary at a time when I wanted to do them. And then I could throw out my to-do list and just focus on my diary and staying true to the items that I've booked into my diary. I found that really useful. Um, like you say, Sandra, what's wonderful with notes or OneNote is that it's an app on your phone and you can take it wherever you go. And if you're sitting and you've got a few minutes between um, appointments or phone calls, or you're sitting on the motorbike behind sheep, you can look at your to-do list, You know, make those few calls, tick those off, add any thoughts that come into your head to the list, prioritize them, schedule them. I think it's really important um, to our farmers out there that they do find a system like that that can go with them and a system that allows them to easily get ideas, thoughts, actions out of their head and into an actionable list um, rather than the alternative. Um, I really do um, want to check in again with those listeners that don't have a discipline like this in place. If it's all happening in your head and you're not writing it down, or you're not getting it into a schedule or into a diary or onto a to-do list. Um, there is that real risk of feeling like you're out of control, being reactive to the situation, um, being overwhelmed. Those things ultimately lead to burnout, I think, if um, if we're not looking at, at practices that can support us to get it out of our head and onto paper. Sam? Yeah, I agree with that, Hutch. I think there's a lot of great systems out there, and I think what I've shared is just something that works for me, but there's multiple different platforms. So I think it's just a matter of trying something on and, um, you know, giving it a go for your situation. If it doesn't work, go and try something else. But um, it's one of those things, the more you do, the better you get at it. And uh, the temptation is to put more in than you can handle. And I think the one of the keys to it is about, you know, committing to less and getting it done in the day is, is one of the keys, I feel. Mm. Thanks, Michaela, anything to add there? Um, yeah, I think the same for me. I think, um, you know, calendars and to-do lists and what works for you has been a journey for me and I definitely don't think that I'm still um, nailing it in all aspects. I'm still always looking for how to improve and new systems and um, things that could really benefit me. But um, I think it's about finding what works best for you and sometimes that is trialling a few different things and saying that definitely doesn't work for me or, yeah, I could implement that. And I think a lot of the time as well it's 
um, dedicating yourself to something. Like it, it doesn't take one week to for a habit to stick. You need to kind of, if you're going to have a calendar, work at it for a month. And if you then decide after a month that that's not working for you, then then change it. But you do need to um, kind of commit for, to something for a little bit longer than a week to know if it's going to work for you. So the other angle on this is removing distractions and removing interruptions. It's just so important that if we want to be more focused and effective, that we look at where the interruptions and distractions are coming from and we actively try and remove them. Michaela, how do you remove distraction and remove interruption um, in the moment as you go about your day? Um, so for me, it's a little bit different. I think sometimes I need to be on all the time and responding to things, but generally if I'm, for me personally, actually, when I'm, um, focused on something, I actually have all my notifications turned off for social media. So Instagram and Facebook and everything else so that when I'm working during the day, I don't see something pop up and I think oh, I need to check that. Um, when I used to commute to work, I used to, you know, spend that hour on the bus or something like that, checking my Facebook or Instagram. But during the day, I completely had that switched off. So I didn't have any other distraction from what I was doing. Um, and that was an impacting my productivity. Perfect. Are there any others? How do you, how do you remove distraction? Um, I also think the same with emails. I think that that's, if you've got your emails, every time a new email comes in and it pops up on the screen, um, that can also be really distracting to what you're doing. If you're consistently working on a task, you see something pop up, you open the email, you read it, then you're autom automatically thinking of the next task and you've, your focus has been taken away from the task that you're currently on. So where that's possible, I would definitely recommend turning off notifications. And as Sam said, if you can then just bulk all of your email checking into one time slot in the day or a couple of time slots in the day, I think that's a really way to limit distractions there as well. The other things are just having like having a clean workspace and yeah. you know not having other distractions out on the desk and um, you know scheduling in breaks where you can go and be distracted so that you're not you know and hold yourself to not do it in between so go and deal with it in the break rather than than um, when you're in, in focus time is helpful and and I've found I I love having two screens but. Um, recently I've been working on when I really need good focus is just disconnecting the second screen so that I don't get sort of sidetracked by whatever's on my other screen by accident. So um, I've found that's been really helpful as well. Yep. Um, for me, I love the concept. It's been proven that we're eight times more effective on an aeroplane than we are at our own desk. And often our desks have so many distractions in and around them. And so I've tried to create my reality that there's never anything on my desk except the task that I'm focused on. And when I look up, there aren't any folders or any visuals that can distract me. Um, I think it's so important that we actively keep our offices tidy and remove distraction. Um, and given that same metaphor, I lock out time. I, I absolutely allocate three, three two, two slots in my diary each week for three hours where I lock out time to think about how we might improve this business um, and implement on key strategic activities. And so having lockout time in your diary, and I'm pretty disciplined around removing all interruptions. I let the family know, I let the kids know, 
Um, I let the team know when I'm going to be offline in that. Um, I, I leave my phone outside the room. I, I take turn off emails. It's just so important that we actively seek to remove distraction and interruption so that we can be focused on the one thing at any one point in time. So, Michaela, what books, courses, um, training have you come across that has helped you in this space? Yeah, sure, Hutch. Um, I was actually a big fan of um, LinkedIn Learning, so that was something that I had in my previous role uh, and a subscription to that, and there was a lot of great courses on there that people had put together about um, whatever calendar you're using, how to maximise the efficiency in that, email management, lots of tips and tricks on that. So they're kind of short bite-sized courses. Um, another one that I'll share with you is when I first started with Farm Owners, um, one of the suggested books on the reading list was The 5am Club. Um, and while I got a lot of that out personally, there was um, one method that Robin Sharma mentioned in there, and that was that it was called the 60-10 rule. And it was about how um, peak performers work in cycles so that for 60 minutes, you do your most intense work, you focus on that task, you limit distractions, and you give that 100% of your energy. Um, and then after that, you take 10 minutes off to, you know, refuel um, and do something that's not completely like irrelevant to what you were doing before. So maybe a meditation, a walk, just go outside, get some fresh air. Um, and then once again, you come back, you set your timer again for another 60 minutes and you just do the same thing. You focus on one task, whatever it is, um, and you just give that 100% of your energy. And then the same again, you just keep on repeating that um, throughout the day. I know that there's um, similar concepts. There's a Pomodoro method or the Pomodoro technique, if you've heard of that, and that's a similar thing. It's breaking your day into 25-minute chunks. Um, and then having a five-minute break. Um, and then after you've done kind of four of those together, you can have a bit of a longer break, 20 minutes, half an hour or something like that. And I think the main idea was that was behind that was that it instills a sense of urgency. So if you're feeling like you've got 25 minutes to do a task rather than an endless work day to get everything done, um, you're more focused in that time. So I know that there's definitely apps and things like that for um, keeping that kind of method going as well, if that's something that people are interested in exploring as well. That's great. Yeah, the 5am Club is a fantastic book that supports a really strong morning routine, launching your day well, getting in and making the most of the first few hours in your day, that golden time in the morning, mm. where you can perhaps get some of those more challenging and more difficult tasks done first. Um, and then, yeah, how to make the most of, of the day. Sam, what are your um, favourite books, courses, resources that support personal productivity for people? That's a good question, Hutch. Um, look, I, I think there's there's one called Eat That Frog, which is a, quite a good one that we were, we were talking about earlier, um, is, is quite a good book, which is the concept of getting the most important thing done or the ugliest thing done um, earliest in the day rather than putting it off. And I think a lot of us are probably guilty of procrastinating over that task and you know it makes you inefficient at everything else you do before you do it while you put that off you clean the desk and do the dishes and you know go and push the chairs in and do all the other things that you don't need to be done um, to avoid doing that that one task that you don't want to do so sticking that at the start of the day and getting it done gives you that sense of of um, completion and and helps you really move forward with the rest of your day thanks sam so brian tracy wrote eat that frog 
and any audio you can get your hands on from the uh, motivational speaker and personal productivity guru, Brian Tracy. Um, he is probably about 80 years old now, but the principles that he teaches around personal productivity and time management, I think are absolutely true today. Likewise, Jim Rowan, R-O-H-N, um, some wonderful insights on how to actually be at your best um, and make the most of your days. Um, yeah, so on, they're my tips. So what I might do, guys, is throw to you just for one final tip. And if you can, if you were giving some advice to a mate who was a farmer who spends most of their time away from their desk and in the paddock and juggling multiple priorities, what would be the additional tip that you'd have for them about how they can apply professional time management practices to their reality? Sam, do you have some tips for farmers on this? Yeah, I'd say um, set a clear intention for the day. So you're clear at the start of the day on what you want to have achieved by the end of the day. Um, you know, use your team. Don't um, think about who can help me to do this rather than how do I do everything. And, um, and yeah, just, just go in with a plan and, and have those, those core tasks, give them, a, give them a time, block out some space to do it and, and go and focus on that before moving on, put, put the phone on silent, do those sorts of things. Yep. That great reminds me of two questions that Brian Tracy says to always ask of ourselves. Is this the best use of my time right now? Is a great, great question to always be asking. And the other one is who can do this for me? Mm. Um, I think if you as farmers can constantly be asking those questions um, and looking to let go of activity so that you can focus on bigger ticket items, is this the best use of my time right now? And who can do this for me? Are two great questions that can support us in reality and in real time. Michaela, what would be your tip for farmers and um, both, you know, how they navigate their offices and how they navigate being away from their offices a lot of the time? Um, I think if we come back to just task-oriented um, sentiment, I think there was a great, great um, analogy that I remember and it was, if there's 10 rabbits and you just want to catch one, just focus on one. Yep. That's the main learning I'll take away, yeah. Yes, yeah, so true. So many of us are trying to trace two or three or four rabbits and, and we get none. Yeah. Thank you. So as I said to both of you, Sam and Michaela, the way that you shape our quarters and our months and our weeks and help us all construct diaries that can allow us to be at our best within Farm Owners Academy, how I see you managing your diaries and multiple competing priorities and big task lists and punching through them. I think it is world-class and it's second to none. Thanks for sharing those insights. I think this is a really important topic for our farmers um, to explore. It's such a simple construct that often we forget about it, but if time management is truly, or time is our greatest challenge, um, then time management practice applied well can be the thing that can set us free. Michaela, thanks so much for your time and insights today. Um, very much appreciated. And as always, thank you for all you do. Thank you, Hutch. Thanks for having me on for my first podcast. Great having you involved. You've done so well. We're definitely going to have you back. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam, once again, great having you part of Profitable Farmer. Thanks for all you're doing in your leadership to our project. And um, thanks for your input today. 
Thanks, Hutch, and thanks, uh, everyone, for listening, and good luck for those of you who are seeding at the moment. Thanks, guys. Take care. Great having Sam and Michaela on the call just now. Just to stop and reflect, guys, if we lose our car or our tractor or some of us have had floods and fire um, that have decimated our farms, um, the reality is we can get those things back over time. Um, but once time's gone, once I've turned 40 or 41 or 42, or once this week goes, I can never get that time back. Now, we all on average have about 8,000 weeks in our lifetimes, which is a whole bunch of minutes and a whole bunch of seconds. But the reality is that the most successful people on the planet don't have any more time than you or I. Yet they can you know, achieve so much in their lifetimes, make such an impact on the universe, create millions and billions of dollars. Um, but in reality, time's the only non-renewable asset and it's the most precious non-renewable asset that we have. The people who truly shoot the light, lights out in life and in business don't have any more time than you or I. We all experience time the same way. In reality, time's the one thing that we can't control because there's nothing surer than the seconds are just going to tick by. We can't control that. The only thing that we can control is what we focus on and what we prioritise. And I think as farmers, we listen to Sam and Michaela, they've learned professional time management conduct because they've worked in professional service firms. Those firms, engineers, architects, schools, physiotherapists, accountants, vets, they all trade time for money. So they're successful in their vocation to the degree to which they use their time well. Now in farming, because we're selling commodities often, we don't learn professional time management conduct. But those farms that apply professional time management practices to how they run their farms are the ones that are absolutely shooting the lights out. So have you got a diary in place? Is it the same diary methodology that is shared across your team? Is everyone on the same page with how they use and manage their diary? Do you have a method by which to efficiently navigate emails and phone calls and text messages? And do you have a really meaningful and well thought out to-do list that's prioritised ahead of time to allow you, and I love these two comments, to plan next week this week and to plan tomorrow today? These contracts, constructs that help us be more personally productive are just so important. And so just to recap on what we've touched on, have a calendar and set it up in advance and get the important things for yourself and your family and your farm in the calendar at the start of the year and at the start of each quarter. Make sure that you're scheduling time in that calendar 
for high priority activities and that you're living life true to that calendar. Let run your life by the clock, not by the activity. Give something an hour and a half to do it, get it done in that time and move on. It's what professional people do. Make sure that you've got a method by which to efficiently navigate your emails, a method by which to remove interruptions and distractions, and then a really clear and well thought out method to have a to-do list that's shared with the key people around you and across your team that you can prioritise. And as Sam and Michaela both said, aim to get less onto your to-do list for today and feel good about completion on that on a daily basis. Um, there's so much good um, insight into what Sam and Michaela have just shared. Remember to lock out time in your diary for the important things, time for you, time for thinking, time for being the CEO to your business, and time to implementing on projects that are truly going to move your business thought forward. As a final comment, most farmers don't value their time and are doing a whole lot of things that are low value activity that you could employ someone or contract someone in to do for 20 or 30 or $40 an hour. Now, as I said at the start of this wrap up, the people who are truly shooting the lights out just value their time and focus their time on $100,000 an hour activities rather than those low, low value tasks. So have a look at how much time you're getting to be the CEO of your business. Is it 5% of your week, 10% of your week? Is it 20% of your week? And what are the things that you need to stop doing and delegate so that you can free up time to focus on higher value activity? So a final comment from Brian Tracy before I write round out, we feel good about ourselves to the degree that we feel like we're in control. And so if your plans and your to-do lists are just in a, you know, a little notebook in your pocket um, that's got scribble or through it or not even that, just in your head, then look at what time management practices and tools and resources you can call on so that you can get all of those thoughts and all of those actions and all of those to-dos out of your head and into a list and into a diary and onto paper so that you can have a clear head and focus on bigger ticket items. As I said, this is a simple task. It's a simple topic that often we overlook. But the key to success in life and in business is not how good our plans are. It's how well we implement on our plans. And the things that we've spoken about today are all, all about helping us implement more professionally and more effectively in every hour, in every day, in every week, and every month. I hope that's been helpful. Time management and personal productivity is a skill that most of us in farming and in agriculture haven't learned. If you're struggling and feeling like you don't have time and you're out of control, our Take Control program is wonderful. Jump on our website. Um, farmownersacademy.com forward slash take control. It's a really good program that focuses in, in on this in more detail.
or use some of those resources that we've touched on in this podcast and commit to learning the time management practices that professionals in other industries are using to be effective in their roles. They equally apply to us as farmers. Thanks for listening, guys. A shout out again to Michaela and Sam for their wonderful insights. Um, And congratulations again, guys, to all you do to help us be effective in how we turn up at Farm Owners Academy. To all of you, take care, all the best, and look forward to checking in again in a couple of weeks. Bye for now.